Happy New Year. Can we say that? Happy New Year, everyone. Glad you guys are here. You made it. We made it through 2018. Ups and downs, right? Celebrations, opportunities, right? Your team won some games. You lost some, but we're here. Amen. You're here the final Sunday of the year, too. That is absolutely incredible. And by the way, parents, you need to know something. Your boys and girls are not going to bother me. I am a trained professional. Now, I don't like crazy adults that run on the platform, but, but uh, your kids are fine. We love kids. Sorry, I just I forgot my podium here. And, you know, you're not a preacher unless you have a stylish plastic podium, right? So uh, anyway, glad you guys are here today. It has been a great day, boys and girls. We're glad you're here. Hey, real quick, I, I, I walked in. I, I got a gift today on my desk. The, the, the ink is still wet on this. The pastor, Jen Long, is such a giver. She's such a giver here at 1910, our discipleship pastor. And I mean, we got new groups that are started. And, and then you've got to stop by and check these out. Man, there's one on freedom, being set free from some stuff, parenting, marriage. None of us need help with that. Uh, waste of time. Empty nesters. How many of you, round of applause for empty nesters? Your money's yours. No one telling you what to do anymore. I love this group. Somebody, in fact, somebody I saw in this church posted this week about empty nester group and anybody want to get together, go shopping and st you can stay out as late as you want to. You can go on cruises to the Mediterranean. I mean, you have no kids. No one telling you what to do. That awesome? That's the life. Why do we ever have kids? Just kidding. I love, mine are awesome. I don't know about mine. But, but newly married. I see, I see Isai and Diana Guerra. Guerra, you got to roll those R's. Do you say tamales or tamales? Dylan and Sierra Holt, too. You guys will do whatever I ask you to, won't you? Let's do push-ups. Everybody right now, push I'm just kidding. Hey, there's some great groups happening. We hope you guys will find one. How many of you are in a life group and you love it right now? Come on, round of applause. Yeah. How many of you are in a life group and you hate it? <laughs> It'd be embarrassing to clap your leaders right here. But we want you to find a group. And, you know, one of the, our word for the year here at 1910 is this word relentless. I wear it on my wrist just to remind me. And listen, we're going to be relentless in all that God, pursuing all that God has for us. Relentless is non-wavering. You never give up, right? Kind of like the Sooners tried last night against Alabama. But, but relentless, you never stop. We're, we're, we're going to be non-stop and pushing you forward to all things that Jesus has for your life. I hope you can appreciate that about a church, all right? We're not going to sit and soak and get comfortable and lazy, right? We're, we're going to continue to move forward, pursuing all that God has for us. With that, we've been challenging you with finishing this, paying off this building that we're in, $1.2 million, so that we can relentlessly pursue the next thing that God has for us. Now, I shared with you last week that the next step is an indoor water park. Actually, that's a joke. That's a joke. Some of you were considering giving towards our building program. No, no, that's a joke. Here's the reality. We don't know what the next step is that God has for us. Here's what we just believe. He knows, and, and our goal is to simply be obedient as he calls us, and as we 
As we take a step with him, he's going to illuminate the next step for us and show us what that is. But listen, many of you have already given and many of you today are prepared to give. Our family's given today and uh, we want to finish this so that we can move forward with the greater things that God has in store for us today. So I pray that you would, if all of us will participate and be faithful to what God is saying, I'm telling you that the 1.2 is nothing nothing. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Come on, somebody. And, and, and this is nothing for, for him. And uh, I'm just excited about the future. I text message to just about every pastor I knew today. And it said, listen, I am praying for an outpouring of the spirit of God on your house today. I'm praying that when you preach, you finish the year strong, that we preach strong, solid gospel centered messages today so that the loss will be found. The hopeless would find hope, right? Those wandering around in darkness will see a great light. Are you with me today, church? I can go all day. I can go all day. Hey, round of applause. How many of you are with us Christmas in the city? How about that? Is that awesome? Is it worth it? Worth your time? About 3,500 people on the town square this year. And uh, Bernie PD already warned me. said, Pastor Jason, you gotta, your church is growing too much. Y'all better shut her down. But uh, no, it was a great night. Pray that you and your family enjoyed that as we celebrated. Uh, talked about a tree, a manger, and a cross. Amen. Aren't you thankful that Jesus went to the cross on our behalf? Gave up his life so that we could have one. Look at your neighbor right now and say, hey, you need to get a life. Just kidding. <laughs> That's so bad, isn't it? But, uh, but seriously, we are so thankful for the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, on the cross. Hey, for those of you that are watching us online today, let's, let's welcome them today, if we can, a round of applause. Listen, we know, we know, you're still in your pajamas. We, we know Santa brought some and you're cuddle up and, and enjoying that, but that's okay. We love you and honor that you would carve out some of your time to, to dial in and watch us. And we pray that today's been a blessing to you and, and we'll continue as we, as we journey forward today. I'm going to pray for us if we can. Grab somebody's hand next to you as a spirit of unity in this house today. And let's just pray. God, thank you. Thank you that nothing is impossible with you. We, 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 we are joyful today because we know that if God is for us, what? Who can be against us? We know that there's nothing that can separate us from the wonderful love of our Father. God, we know that, that you know the plans you have for us. God, there are so many things. We could go on and on and on and just brag about you. God, we just want to simply say we love you and thank you. Thank you for being God. Father, I pray that, that, that as we relentlessly pursue all that you have for us, God, I want to pray that for this church, for this building. God, as we finish this, as we pay this off, we want to show you, Father, that you can trust us with what you give us. And Lord, you've blessed us with 32,000 square feet of ministry tools. And God, lives have been changed in this room and in kids' wings and in, 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 in creative rooms. And Lord, you're, you're just... You, you, you have, your spirit is all over this place. Would you guys agree with that? Spirit of God, rest here. God, we thank you for what you've done. But God, we want to finish this. We want to pay this off so that we can move forward with you. We know that the, the, the kingdom of God is advancing. We want to be advancers. We don't want to just say, oh, we're going to hang out right here, God, while you continue to move. Nope. We, we, we don't want to retreat and go the opposite direction. No, no. God, this church, 1910, wants to be a kingdom-moving church. 
And we want to go with you, Father. We want to relentlessly pursue all that you have for us. And God, part of that is paying this off so that we can move forward to that next step. So God, we're trusting that your people are dialed in and praying and seeking you and that they will respond with a heart of obedience. God, and we will finish this. Holy Spirit, thanks for being with us today. I do pray that every pastor would preach the sermon of their life today. And I'm praying that heaven would grow tremendously as a result of it. All for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said, we're going to wrap up this series called The Center. Many of you are thankful and glad for that. I'm a little saddened because I love this set. In fact, I came up here Christmas morning and a couple of our staff members were here with their family, turkey, and kind of just enjoying and opening presents. And I'm like, guys, come on, you're, you know, trespassing, you're trespassing, we're closed. And, uh, but no, it's been a great, great series. And, and basically for those of you that, that might not have been with us, but by the way, Cade and Lincoln, all the way from Pine Cove, Texas, excuse me, Cody, Cody and Lincoln, Shh, freebie and shady. That's what I know, yes. Yeah, they have nicknames. Hey, we, we do a thing called Camp in the City every summer. You guys stand up real quick so we can show some honor. A couple of our counselors that are with us. Now, check this out. Y'all are at a wedding in Austin. At a wedding in Austin. You got married? Oh, no. Like, where's your wife? At a wedding in Austin and drove down here to be in the house today. Come on, somebody. Thank you guys for being here. Tim and Kathy, friends of ours from the Metroplex, thank you guys for being with us today. It's awesome. Let's see who else do I like. Cade, it's always good to have you with us, Cade. Cade Jackson, Beth, former Dallas Cowboy cheerleader right there. She was 80-something. Three, yeah. I saw the pictures. Anyway, I'm so, we digress. And for the rest of you here, you guys are special too just not as special as the rest. But anyway, we, we, we've been talking about what does it look like for us to keep Jesus at the center of it all, just as we sang about a few moments ago. What does it look like when Jesus is just in control of everything? Listen, I, I've never met anyone who truly gave their life, gave truly gave control of their life to Jesus and said, you know what? I regret that. I regret that. Now, I know a lot of people that have tried to live life and, and manufacture and do it their own way. They said, oh man, pastor, can I have a counseling session with you? Because I'm jacked up, right? But I've never met anyone that's truly yielded themselves to Jesus Christ completely and said, you know what, Wayne? That was a, way, that was a poor decision on my part. I've never met that person. We've been talking about what does it look like when Jesus is the center of, of our lives? We've, we've used this verse, Matthew 6, that says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And then the promise Jesus gives us is this, then he will give you everything you need. Listen, I'm just telling you, with Jesus in control, it works better. How many of you believe that? It just works. That's the way you were created to live and life is just better that way. We've, we've, We've used the statement throughout the series because my concern is there are a lot of us that clap and we want Jesus and we lift our hands to him today and we sing about him and, and we may even make a decision or two here or there that, that bring him honor and glory, but then we get sidetracked and we fall off. And, 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 and you know, I, I was just reminded of this, this passage of scripture that, that, that God searches our heart, right? We're, 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 we're so good, aren't we, about talking that we're going to do this. this. And, and we've used this statement that God doesn't search lip service, but he searches the heart. 
Listen, the reality of it is today, you're going to center your life around something or someone. You know what that is or who that is right now. And so does God. And, and you can't fool him. And, and, and he's not searching lip service today. He, he, he knows your heart. He, he knows who's on the throne of your life. Is Jesus sitting on that throne? Is he in control of your life? I, I love what we sang a few moments ago because we talked about what does it look like when, when, when Jesus is the center of the church? Hey, can I just tell you something? This thing called church is all about Jesus. It's not about a pastor. It's not about an, anybody else, a music style or, or a campus location. This thing called the church is all about Jesus. And from day one, we have been a church that has continued to seek our senior pastor, Jesus, in all areas. He's the senior pastor of this church. He founded it. He started long after I'm gone or anyone after me. Listen, our, this church will continue because our senior pastor is on his throne. Amen? We talked about what does the church look like when Jesus is the center of it all? And worship takes place. Edification, I mean, the training and then instructing and building up of people takes place. Evangelism, I'm telling you, a, a, a church ain't a church if lost people aren't being saved. It's called a club. <laughs> Some of you will get that later. But, but, but I tell you, a litmus test of a true church, hey, are lost people being found? Is the gospel of Jesus being preached? Are lives being changed? Anybody's life different this year as a result of the ministry of this church? Anybody different this year? Amen. Prayer, prayer is a big part of a church where Jesus is the center of it all. And by the way, at the end of this service, every service, we pray. We, we, we stand here and we're ready to receive people to pray over them. We want you to know that we're ready to do that today. We talked about what does it look like when Jesus is the center of your home. Did you know, check, this is so weird to me. For some, not me, but for some of you, you. Your home can be a beautiful place where people love one another, where there's unity, and where there's, check this out, peace. Oh, peace in your home. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's God's desire. He, he wants that to be, and when Jesus is the center, those things are present. We, we, we talk about this. This is so important. We're going to move on. But, but when we talked about Jesus being the center of your home, and, 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 and I gave you a word of warning, you need to protect what you let come in. You need to protect. Listen, your home, is your home a war zone? Is your home a, in disarray? Is there friction and, and, and disunity? You need to check what you've let come in. You need to check what you let come in. And if you let the world in, check this out. The world's going to manifest itself in your home. You let scary stuff come in, what you watch on TV, check this out. There's going to be a spirit of fear in your home and evil. Hey, hey, you, 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 you use words that, that are discouraging and cut the legs out from your family members. Check this out. That's how you will treat one another. You won't be lifting each other up, but you're going to talk smack and talk ugly to one another. And it won't be a place of encouragement, but it'll be a place of destruction. Are you with me there? Speak about Jesus in your home. T -t 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 turn on some, some praise music in your house. We, we turned it on. First song came on today was uh, Shekinah Glory in my house. Come on, somebody. I wish you could have seen the mother dove getting her dance on this morning before we ever got to the house of the Lord. Amen. Shekinah Glory. We wait for you. Come on. Right? Release the fullness of your spirit. Whoo! How many of you would not want? Who doesn't want the spirit of Christ in your home? 
Man, okay, man, that, that's good. That's where we've been. If you've missed any of those and there was something that you like, go back and watch us online. Everything's archived there. But, but today I wanna wrap it up real quick and we gotta lock and load. We're, we're gonna lock and load today because this, this, what does it look like when Christ is the center of it all? I, 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 I can't help but think that, that when someone, you ever known somebody that's eat up with Jesus? I mean, you know somebody, you just look at them and say, man, that is a man or a woman that's been with Jesus. Anybody? Maybe a grandparent, maybe a, a, a former leader in a church, maybe your spouse, a friend of yours, a colleague. There, there is no mistaking to me that someone who's eat up with Jesus that has Christ as the center of their life would echo these words that Paul wrote to us in Philippians chapter three. Look what he said. I want to know Christ. We, we, let's stop right. Hey, do you know Christ? I'm not talking about, do you have some information and data about Jesus? I'm talking about Joel Long. Do you know him? Does he control? Listen, when you know somebody, you're, you're, you're in lockstep with them, aren't you? You're, you're, you're moving together. You, 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 you know what pleases them. You, you know what they would do in this situation. You know how they're going to respond here. Do, do you know? I'm talking about this to have information. I'm talking about, do you really know Jesus Christ? Paul says, I want to know Christ. I want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him. Why in the world would anybody want to suffer? Did, did you know that sometimes Jesus comes in the clouds of life? Do, do you know that even in our struggle, in, 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 in those times of weakness, do, do you know that even in those, those, those times of, of difficulty, man, sometimes those are the times in which I've met Jesus the most. Anybody go with me today? I've experienced his, his presence in a deeper, more profound way, in a time of loss, a, a time of, of, of difficulty in my life. I, I'm telling you, two years ago, I, I had a major stroke. And somebody said, well, that explains everything now. Now we get you. But I had a major stroke. And I'm telling you, in my hospital bed, all I could do was praise and worship Jesus. And it saw me through that deep, dark time. Worship wins the war. I think we say that around this place sometimes. But I'm telling you, even in the midst of difficulties, Jesus is there. And he's more than enough. Paul says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. Now listen, if there was ever any human being in the course of history that understood the difference between living a non-Christ-centered life and a Christ-centered life, it would be the man that wrote this verse. Would you agree with me? We, we know his name wasn't always Paul. He started out as what? Saul. Saul was the Jew of all Jews. He, he was the most interesting man in the world of his time. He told men to go do this, do that. He, he, he was a man under directive and order. He followed that. His job controlled him. I know that this, that's first world problems, right? First century problems. We would never be controlled or dominated by our work. But Paul was a man on a mission he probably didn't have many friends. It was all about him. What he wanted to do, he did. But we know that Saul one day met a man by the name of Jesus. The Lord caught him 
and dramatically changed his life. So, so crazy that he changed his name from Saul to Paul. But it set Paul on a new directive, a new course. The, 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 this man who, who was a, a persecutor and, and, and the, the, this man who, who, who the world kind of seemed to revolve around him, he became a different, different human being. And he became controlled by the spirit and dominated by the spirit of Jesus Christ. He had a reputation to overcome, didn't he? It didn't matter. He went to those places. He faced some of his colleagues and peers and he stood strong. He knew what it meant to live a life where Jesus was at the center of it all. You see, Paul began to live a life that would bring honor and glory to Christ, not destroy and tear down the work of Jesus. In fact, that really is the chief goal of all of our lives as Christians. A Christ-centered life is a life that is lived to bring honor and glory to God. Do you glorify God through the life that you live? Does the life you live put Christ on display? Is, it, is the life that you live attractive for other people? When they look at you, do they get a clear picture as to who Jesus is? You see, a Christ-centered life, a, a, a person who lives where, where, where Jesus is, 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 is in control of it all, lives a life that glorifies and honors him. Is that you? Is that you? And let me ask you a question just to consider today. In fact, I think I have it on the screen for you. But if Jesus was spending the day with you, would you do that? If Jesus were spending the day with us, would I watch what I'm watching? Would I say what I say? Would I do that? Now, I know a lot of you say, absolutely, on Sunday from 10 to 11, 10, absolutely. What about Monday, Friday night, ooh, Saturday? Does the life you live, would it bring glory to the Father or would it bring shame and embarrassment? If Jesus was spending the day with me, would I do that? It's a big question, isn't it? See, I believe that the person controlled by Jesus, Jesus being the center of it all, will live a life that honors him and glorifies him and makes him proud to say, that's one of mine right there. Are you with me today? Mm. The center of it all. Imagine with me real quickly, if you could, two million Jewish slaves wandering in the wilderness. And for 400 years, they were enslaved in Egypt. They were the ones actually providing the, the hard labor force to support the luxurious lifestyle of the citizens of that country. And we know that, that God began to, to hear their, their cries and, 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 and God sends a man by the name of Moses to, to bring the children of Israel out under God's power and begins to set them on a journey towards a land what kind of land? The promised land, right? A land that would be theirs. A land that they could establish and set up. A land where there's no one dictating and controlling them, but a land where they would flourish and live forever. And we find that they were wandering throughout this 
desert looking for this promised land. And we find that during their wanderings that, that, that they were continuing to, to wait on the Lord to bring them to this land that he had promised them. And we know that whenever they would find an area in which, which God would, would have them settle for a while, we, 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 we know that, that God would, would give them specific instructions on, on how to set up the camp. Certain tribes were to, to, to camp on the, the north side. Certain tribes were to camp on the south. Certain tribes were to go east and, and camp on, on the west side. But the center of the camp was reserved for something known as the tabernacle. The tabernacle. A, 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 a portable structure where, where the people would gather to worship the Lord. In the midst of them setting up their camp, this, this tabernacle was, was to be in the center because it represented the very presence of, of God himself. Now, I have a picture that I took when I was in Israel. And by, by the way, if, if you go with me, I'll show you some stuff. I think I have room for two to go, maybe four, 400, two to four. This is a place called Shiloh. And this is actually setting on the edge of a ridge. Our, worship, our ministry team has outlined the box. You kind of can see a footprint of an excavation place in which they are excavating even to this day. Probably started about seven years ago. Still brand new. This is Shiloh. That is where the tabernacle of God sat for about 369 years. Now what you can't see in this photo is all around, that's on the edge of a cliff. All around us are hills and I can just imagine that the children of Israel and their tribes camped out on these hills. That they could camp anywhere on these hills as long as they were able to look down and see the tabernacle. Why? Because it represented the very presence of God. And, and, and God wanted to always be in the center of their lives. That's the way God wanted it back then. And can I tell you, that's the way he wants it today for you. He, he, he wants to be the center. He wants you to constantly keep your gaze and your focus and on him. And he wants to guide it and direct it. You see, there's something I want you to understand today is that you were designed for the purpose of knowing Christ and you were designed for making him the center of your life. Now, you may ask me today, hey, Jason, what does that mean to, to make Jesus the center of my life? Great question, and here's my answer. It, it means that you acknowledge Jesus as the ultimate authority in your life. And then check this out you voluntarily yield your life, giving him control of your life. Now, I want you to let that sink in for just a moment. You voluntarily yield. And you say, Jesus, I want you to take control. Listen, when Jesus is at the center of someone's life, it means that he is in control. And I'm not talking about he's in control for brief periods of, 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 of moments throughout the calendar year. I'm talking about it is a life completely yielded to Jesus Christ. Anybody know what I'm talking about here today? You see, that same Paul 
would go on to write another verse that speaks to the same thought. In Galatians chapter two, Paul would write this. He would say, my old self, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And so, so I live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Did you hear what Paul said? He said, listen, my old life has been crucified. It is no longer I who live, but who? Christ in me. Is Jesus the center of your life? Have you given him total control? Let me ask you a question this morning. Can you recall a time this year in which you would declare that Jesus was the center of your life? Some of you may be saying, that's really weird. He's the center of my life every day and he has been all year. Has he really? Or have you been like me? I'll be transparent. I'm not gonna lie. Has there been a time or two in which Jesus didn't take the wheel, but you did? Have you tried to manufacture a few things this year in your life? Nick, has there been a time this year in which you said, hey, hey, God, I got this. I went to school for this. I've trained, I've prepared for a time, right? Nothing wrong with that. But isn't it better when you truly say, hey, Jesus, I need you to, to do this right now through me. Jesus, I, 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 I'm hurting right now and, 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 and I don't know how to do it. I, I've, I've tried to get busy. I've tried to go see that, that feel-good movie, you know. I, I've tried to hang out with friends. I've, I, I've tried to work out. But I, I just, there's something in me that's still a void. I'm telling you, that's what Jesus needs to step into in your life. Hey, 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 Lord, or not Lord, but hey, you know, this year, I want to change the course and the direction of my family, my home. Man, I'm going to work harder. We're going to save more. We're going to do this and that. And then there's a setback. And you're like, whoa, what do I do now? Are you beginning to? When Jesus is in control, life. Can you think of a time this year in which you can look back and say, you know what? That was a moment in my life where I know for sure, Jason, Jesus was the center of it. What would happen if we begin to string moments together? What, what, what would happen instead of just that, that moment? The, the, the highlight for me this year was when I got filled and baptized with the Spirit. Never forget it. But listen, God didn't want to meet me just one moment. He, he wants every day where I'm filled with Him walking in, in that, that anointing that he has for my life. Jesus gives us these words in Luke chapter 9 verse 23 and I'll close with this. Jesus said to the crowd, if any one of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Is that pretty clear? It's a New Living Translation. It's pretty clear. If, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Al, 
calling. You get that? Look what it says. And then you need to take up your cross daily. Not, not, not just on Sundays, freebie. And not just when I'm running camp and I'm supposed to be jacked up. I get paid to be fired up for Jesus. Freebie, he wants to meet you right now, bro. Shady, he wants to be center of your life today. Take up the cross and follow me. Closing question. What would happen in this new year if we put Christ at the center of our lives? What if you stopped trying to do it? What, what, what if you just say, hey, God, listen, I need you to take this. I'm yours. D -d do what you want to do in me, through me, use me, God, provide whatever. Remember what it says in Matthew 6, Seek me first, live righteously, and I will give you everything you want. No what you need, what you need. And I'm just gonna tell you, sometimes I can look back and I'm thankful that God didn't give me what I wanted. But he always gives me what I need, Todd. He does that. And so that's my prayer for you this year, that Jesus would be the center, that, that, that we would live a life each and every day yielded completely Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me today? And I want to pray. Our ministry team, like I said, are going to come right now and join me down front. And we're here today to pray with, encourage you, celebrate with you what needs to be celebrated. But I'm excited for you this year. And I want to encourage you right now. Hey, in fact, hey, hey, um, moms and dads, can we do something as a family before the ball drops in a couple of days? Can, can we look back this year and just kind of share a God moment? which we, with our family, everybody just kind of share a moment where we've seen God move and work this year and how he was present. And then let's give him honor and glory and thank him for that. And let's pray that God, the things you did in our lives this year, the way we grew and got to know you, listen, that's a stepping stone oh, for the greater thing that's gonna come this year. Do you believe that? Stephen, Stephen, God has greater things for your life this year. greater things. God, thank you so much for who you are and for your goodness and being with us and seeing us. So I thank you for this little baby that is fired up in the name of Jesus right now. Love her. There's an, there's an anointing and a blessing on her life. I'm going to prophesy that right now. This young girl is going to grow up to love Jesus and she's going to serve the King of Kings in miraculous ways. Lives are going to be changed because of her little sweet voice. Oh, may she never stop screaming for Jesus. God, this year is going to be a great year for all of us. And I pray that we'd keep you at the center of it and trust you and let you control it. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Thank you. You're dismissed.